Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. Uh, this is the first of our Euro podcasts, which we'll be previewing uh, Euro 2016. I'm your host, Chris Bowds. Uh, today I am joined by Louis McCaffrey. How are you doing, Louis? Good. I've got tea. I've got crisps. I'm a happy man. Good stuff. And first time on the pod, Fed, uh, Federico Martoni. How are you doing? I'm very well, sir. Thank you. I also have tea. I don't have any crisps, although I was offered crisps. So, um, aye, that's good. We are biscuitless. Biscuitless. <laughs> I repeat, biscuitless. That's pretty bad. Yes. Actually. Poor show. We're in Gal's house, though, and he's, he's not a great host. Yeah. Oh, he's that good a host, he's not even here. Exactly. It's the worst hosting exactly. I've ever seen. I know. Um, so, we'll be talking about Euro 2016. Before we do that, we'll... Um, uh, the weekend gone. We've had uh, football's premier domestic competition. Well, it's not domestic. Uh, European competition. Elite European. As Americans call it the UFA. The UFA Championship. <laughs> the UFA the World Series of Soccer. Uh, can we just say before anything that Pepe is a prick? I know Guy Lenker called him a dick and it's all semantics and then he qualified him by saying he's an absolute dick, but Pepe in that final. And I've seen, we were saying earlier, I, I, I sent a forward going through on goal, accentuating contact, falling over in a box. It's almost part of their job description. But jumping up in the air like a salmon when you've got Mike Tyson's neck, you know, and then landing, holding your ankle or your head when you've been hit in the opposite side of the body or you haven't been hit at all or you've been acting like the sniper has got you. It was just insufferable. And then they won and Ronaldo got his tits out again and I had to look at Ronaldo's tits. To be fair, I wish I kind of had his breasts. Do you like his breasts? Oh, they're better than mine. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, Pe- the, Pepe was pretty. The glazed, but don't they? That, but that's Pepe. That's what Pepe, you know, you know what Pepe's like. That's what he we, does. We knew what he was about, but it never fails to, to like, as I say, like, I, I come from a background where that kind of Latin style of gamesmanship is almost encouraged, but he doesn't do it right. He goes about it the wrong way because because to, to do it right, you have to be believable and there's nothing, but he should have walked and so, and so should Ramos have walked. You know, and Simeone could have done his dust till dawn, Danny Tiero thing, run on again and celebrated, you know, machete style. But Pepe, to be fair to him, has managed to continue his career after beating the shit out of someone during a football match. I mean, if there's anybody that, you know, can make make a positive out of Duncan Ferguson was the, he was the first person to ever do that back in the day on probation as well, wasn't he? After a shot, uh, he resumed his career. Drunken Duncan, Pepe, similar, <laughs> Hi. Yep. similar, similar careers, <laughs> similar. So, oh yeah, similar role of honour achievements there. Uh, Ever- oh, yeah. How did Duncan Ferguson have the reputation he had? Five goals a season for Everton, worshipped like he was the second coming of Duncan Edwards. He did. He did. He had, and I don't know. Obviously, that was a long time ago. Now he had the worst goal scoring record oh, for any striker. Oh, it was a. Literally the worst goal scoring. Uh, it was just a buzz when he came on, wasn't it? It was just watching him was a bit of a buzz. Fans liked it. What? You know, Dundee United. Is <laughs> <laughs> <Was> that it? <laughs> he did do well. That's it. He did do well. Um, which obviously is where you expect our conversation to go when we're talking about Champions League final in 2016. Of course. Uh, Kevin Gallagher, we should now debate maybe. <laughs> but Davy Bowman. But the, the final itself, other than Pepe being a stand-up guy, a top quality, an example for young players everywhere, other than that, uh, what did we think of the final? Uh, Real deserved winners. 
Uh, no, definitely not. That's never the case. Real, I'm a Juventus fan, uh, and Real are the opposite of Juventus in that any time they get in any final, they win, and they do not okay. have our curse. And uh, so to see Real like get to a final and just kind of bluff their way through it and go through the motions. Well, the other team, obviously, when they bought the young Portuguese boy on Churrasco, who's going to be one to watch at the Euros, um, he was excellent. He just had the beating of Danilo. He took Danilo to the cleaners every time it uh, came near him. Uh, churrasco, I think, means barbecue in Portuguese as well. Uh, so that's marvellous. Uh, uh, so, yeah, he was spit-roasting his man, if we can segue into oh, that. Wow. Wow. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, he, I thought they played better. And um, I just thought, a lot of those, like, those commentators were saying Bale's going to be the best player in the world when, you know, when Nate, when Messi finishes, it'll be Bale or Neymar. And I'm thinking, have you never heard of Paul Pogba? You know, like, are you insane? True. Gareth Bale, I, I just, I know the, I know these guys do a job, and I know, I know they've got these massive reputations and sort of political lobbies behind them. But this Real Madrid team won that tournament without beating Bayern, without beating Barca, without beating Juve, and I just say, like, I, I don't know, I just don't see them as I, that team is so uninspiring this season. Yeah, I, I think personally it was a pretty poor final. It was a pretty poor game. Um, kind of similar, I thought it was kind of going the same way as the Europa League final in that you expected a bit better from Atletico, maybe not attacking-wise, but just as a team. First half they weren't poor. First half they were poor. Um, a bit like Sevilla were, and then totally stepped up saying that. I mean, second half, fair enough, there was a lot of walking wounded with Real Madrid. They were really struggling and, you know, Zidane made three substitutions. How bad was Torres's touch? Which the whole game? Uh, pretty poor. Oh but I mean, Zidane. Zidane's not the finished. Obviously, not the finished article. He's still a, a rookie manager, if you like. But to make three substitutions and have players playing with cramp hmm. was pretty poor. I mean, they they were really struggling, and you, but they managed. They manage I think I think he could be another Di Matteo. I really do because if you look at the way, obviously Di Matteo won the Champions League with Chelsea, uh, and then he was sacked a few months later. The way that Real Madrid's revolving door works. I don't see Zidane being one of the great coaches and everyone say, oh, how can you say that about Zidane? He's one of the greats. But even just remember him as the way he used to communicate as a player, you know, he was a really bad communicator. As a UV player, he would always disappear in the away games, which is, again, people say, how can you say that about Zidane? But he did have a tendency to do that. And he, he sometimes he was just he was, he was just a bit of a loner. So I'm not so sure about him as a coach. And again, I just think, I think Real Madrid sort of bluffed their way through the knockout stages without, without really taking on one of the top teams. The thing is, it's, you know, I suppose old old kind of debate, but it's probably easier to be a manager of a big club with with superstars. Oh, yeah. You know, exactly. compared to I mean, how would they do at you know a smaller club trying to trying to get them? But then Pep Guardiola's prime example. He's only ever managed he's some of the best, the greatest teams politician ever. in football management, isn't that's, he? That's it. Comes but in after Reichardt at Barca. He, comes in after Ancelotti. He's just a, he's, he's he's so smart. Yeah. But you, you, like exactly like you say, if he was to take Saint Mirren and try and play lateral passes uh, and high presses and you know, turn them into a kind of mighty ducks flying V, I think he would tr- he would struggle with that. I think the gauntlet's down, Pep Guardiola. St. Yep. after Man City. Um, it's your next challenge. Um, but I think you're right about Zidane. And you know what? A few months into his tenure, he would have thought he's gone in the summer. Um, but then you see the reduction in the gap between them and Barcelona, and then obviously winning the Champions League. Yeah. He's clearly going to get another 
stab at it, you would think. Of course. Um, it's just how long will that Listen, last? I don't think Zidane cares or even knows about my existence or his bank manager will have any <laughs> uh, umbrage with anything I've said about him. He's an absolute legend and he's won, he's won the European Cup as a player and a manager. And I think he's the first Frenchman to ever win the Champions League or European Cup as a oh, manager. Yeah. I'll take your word for that. That is a cool no start. It was on the Google, you know. Yeah, oh, well, if it's on the Google. Um, he's the second man uh, to win European Cup and Champions League with Real Madrid as both a player and a manager. Great. Yes, so says the BBC. Yeah, I, I, um, I was thinking, did Platini win it as a coach? He never. And then I was thinking about, you know, Fernandez. Obviously, Deschamps made the final, but I don't think a Frenchman has ever won it as a coach. It's just curious, really, isn't it? I know. Um, but, you know, Wenger will do it next season. That's their season. Oh, that's that's it. season. <laughs> Never going to happen. Uh, any other call-outs from the final? Um, I think do we Griezmann, who we'll talk about later, I'm sure, with the Euros coming up, Griezmann missing that penalty was, um, you know, at least, he, at least he had the guts to get up and yeah. take another one during the shootout. Exactly. But, you know, he he's such, such a good player, such an exciting player, and it was a shame... For that to happen But you knew right away I said that Watching him He was staring at the ball He didn't look at the goal once He mm. thought Oh there's no way This boy's putting this away But the Body language wasn't there was uh, it? No um, One friend's body language Is weird as well Like as a player He looks tired in the first half Have you ever seen him? Uh, He's got this kind of Tom Hanks Philadelphia look about him Very drawn yeah. And when he gets to the, the final third Like his final but I, I think he's a curious player I've seen Atletico Madrid so many times, uh, but even from watching, obviously, um, La Primera, but, but they've, they've played Juve quite a few times, and they are they are an absolute like wonder, uh, and they, they defy logic because they win games without playing well, and they don't construct much, uh, uh, and they've got this, obviously, system whereby they, you know, they, they break out quickly and they use Griezmann to their strengths, but they just, they just don't, they've got players that should, like, they've got guys that are rejects from other clubs, like Thiago, uh, obviously Juan Fran was kind of kicking about in the, it's, it defies logic what a job it's so sad that Simeone never hasn't got a Champions League out of these two because he deserves it he's he's done he's, yeah. he's worked a miracle he's turned water into wine he has in terms of I mean he, he was obviously um, in Argentina was he not as before he came mm. to yep. uh, Atletico and, and Catania he got sacked from Catania in Serie A yeah. and th- although obviously he plays I suppose a negative brand of football, if you like. He's, his teams aren't attacking teams, but you have to respect the fact that he's taken not one of the big. Exactly. If he, if he if he tried to play an expansive game of football with Atletico Madrid, they'd just be also runs. So what yeah. he's doing is he's using the materials. He's being pragmatic, and like if we're going to we're going to start talking about the Euros, this Italy team. Man for man is the worst squad anyone's ever seen in the modern era. However, they have a coach in Conte who's from that yeah. um, Simeone doctrine almost, whereas he's all about the collective and he'll just play the team in the shape the way that they should play. And he doesn't care about winning friends, doesn't care about highlight reels. He's just after, he's just, he's just after just the win. Just wins the win. Aye. And uh, I, I think that has to be praised and far too much is made of football versus anti-football. You know, like, I remember the European Cup final, was it 92 when uh, the great Barcelona team played against AC Milan and they lost 4-0. Savicevic scored the lob uh, and before the game, Johan Cruyff said it was football against anti-football and he would never have Desai in his team and they end up losing the game 4-0 because you know, they had they had Stoichkov Romario up front and things as well. But it's just, there's just so many ways to win a game that I don't, I, I, I don't necessarily think playing really attacking football 
is it is any better than playing brilliantly organised defensive football? Mm. Yeah, and Atletico can score some great goals. You know, some yeah, like exactly. a counter attacking goal. Remember, remember Kenny Miller scored scored a brilliant counter attacking goal against ben, was it Benfica at Parkhead? I'll give you that. Yes, I think it was. I might be wrong, but it was one of my. F- I, I remember that goal always stuck with me because mm-hmm. it was just. I think they had a corner. We were defending a corner and we broke up the pitch and sc- it was Kenny Miller that scored it. It was a brilliant goal. Yeah. Counter-attacking well, goal. teams used to score. I remember being a, a Champions League game Celtic. They played Lyon and uh, Sutton went to the sort of the, the left side channel and he crossed the ball in and Larson headed it. You know what you'd think would be role reversal. But that used to happen a lot actually. Sutton was very good at getting Larson a header. And, uh, and it was a lot of it was counter-attack, you know, just one straight ball uh, yeah. and then someone would win it. Uh, and a lot of that, like, so, so people can be quite, uh, almost, they can act like snobs about football, you know. Like, I've seen people criticise Simeone and to me it's madness. Like, what the job he's done is bulletproof, you know, like he's, that. How did he do that? Yeah, he's undoubtedly one of the best managers in the world right now. Um, Indeed. I, yeah, any any criticism is a nonsense. Would you, would you have him at your team, though? Hmm? Would you have him at your team? One would you have him as, uh, like, Celtic manager, would you like? Is that a rhetorical question? Yeah, are you insane? But in terms of, of course, the style. But then I, I think it, there's a lot of teams that you know. Right, so Celtic, a, we like to think yeah. that Celtic play the Celtic way and all so that. Whatever that you know, uh-huh. people people always think you know their yeah. team has but a sp- team specific style. But I mean, did Celtic play in the Celtic way when Lou McCarry was there, for instance? Mm. You know, like I mean. Oh, I, I don't know if that's going to help your argument. <laughs> what, what I'm saying, what, what, what I'm saying is, he, he he could have Lou McCann could have went to the fans and said, "I'm an ex-player. I understand this club. I understand the history of this club. We have to yeah. play progressive football, football with wide playing, right? So Brian McLaughlin's going to be my Jimmy Johnston, right? So, but. Simeone wouldn't come into Celtic and start defending against you know like Dundee United. You know, yeah. like he would, he would just yeah. he'd be horses for courses. He would say, well, "Well, this team can be put to the sword, more or less." And yeah. I'm sure he would. I think you, Federico touched on it earlier. Simeone works with what he has in the best position. We've got to remember as much as uh, Atletico's budget relative to Celtic's might be pretty decent. It's way way below. Reals and Barca, oh, yeah. who he is competing in with successfully. He's, the disparity is probably not that far away from a team like Hearts, whose maybe high, highest paid player is £2,000 a week, to Celtic, who were getting players in the sort of high to late £20,000 a week. So he's he's almost elevating Hearts from third place to challenging where they did win the league a couple of years ago. Yeah, know? absolutely. Um, so yeah, Diego, once Brendan's had the few <laughs> years that he wants and he'll do very well. Uh, Absolutely. That's, that's your next step. <laughs> we wee bit of breaking news from Scotland. Oh, Hibs go. have given Alan Stubbs permission to talk to Rotherham tonight. Reluctantly, they said, that he wants to talk to them. So they've allowed him. It's a PR disaster for Scottish football, that. If you're leaving... Hibs to join Rotherham you know it kind of reminds me of the time a couple of years ago when Danny Kadamatri was top goal scorer in the league for two weeks you know it just doesn't look good <laughs> it doesn't look good you know like, um, and I understand the basic economics of it because they'll be getting better wages at Rotherham but it makes me a bit sad that you know but yeah, is it a genuine second te- the second team of Edinburgh and then you're going to join Rotherham yeah. Is it a genuine reluctance? Is it Hernando's in Rotherham? Or, maybe you know. Maybe. What what is in Rotherham really? <laughs> I don't even know where it is. To <laughs> uh, we have had ongoing legal issues with the city of Hill. We don't want those yeah. with Rotherham. Hill so is a great place. We love. They've got a tiger, tiger, yeah. uh, and 
several chicken cottages. There's, from what there's Greg's, I'm sure. Oh, definitely. Um, yes. So, Champions League final. Was there any other... Uh, that wraps callers? up. You can be happy with that. Can we illustrate again that Pepe is a prick? I think we can. And I think that's happened before in this podcast. <laughs> unrelated to... Get, uh, it never gets old, Pepe is a prick, really, does it? No. no it doesn't. It's just, um, but well done, Tim. He's a winner. wanted to get you you guys opinion on the kind of changing format they've expanded it's 24 teams that will have this year's tournament uh, do we think that's uh, an improvement um, do you think it dilutes the quality of the competition I think the answer is yes to both uh, it is an improvement because it dilutes the quality of the competition um, you're going to have third place teams going through which I think is quite funny because that takes you back to the old school World Cups where the third place used to get you into the next round uh, and that kind of retro soccer stuff appeals to me so I like the fact that uh, you can scrape through and then get momentum into a tournament like certain teams like Argentina and Italy used to specialise in World Cups I think it's great that Albania got there I think it's um, 
it gives it gives it gives teams something to play for in qualifications. Now what they have to do is start a pre qualification process for the really small teams like San Marinos and Liechtenstein's and have them have it pre qualify for the tournament and then you can have more meaningful games. But yeah, I, I, for me it's a good thing. Yeah, no, I don't I don't see why not. I mean you're gonna end up hopefully getting some teams that obviously wouldn't normally be there so you're going <laughs> to get Scotland <laughs> you're going to get some matchups that um, you know maybe never happened before that's a concern about you know the quality of these teams but at the same time it might be it might be the only way that we could qualify yeah. <laughs> the next well, one you know that's, I was delighted when I seen it because I thought yes Scotland can do this exactly um, Romance or, is not dead. Or not. And uh, I think it, it plays into the narrative just now. Obviously, everyone's going to reference Leicester City, but even Atletico Madrid and how, how close they're doing, it shows you that you know globalisation just hasn't completely taken over football. And a man that deserves a lot of praise for this is the recently you know ostracised and uh, shamed Michel Platini, because Platini was beating the drum for this, and also financial fair play, which has pretty much disappeared since he uh, has been uh, you know implicated in all this nonsense. But uh, which is probably right as well. I'm sure he probably was taking suitcases full of cash. But uh, he did. He, he has got that kind of leftist French thing about him, you know. And he um, he he was campaigning for this and also financial fair play. So I think football really needs that, honestly, because you, it's almost totally in bed with Satan football. You know, when you look at Mourinho getting four million retainers not to take a job, then fifty million over three years, and Manchester United going to spend another hundred and fifty million on players again. It's to me, or if if Leo Messi signed for Manchester City, for me, I would stop watching football because that would be like football turning into champ manager. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty accurate. Um, but what I, what I think is good about this as well, and you touched upon it, seeing teams that you might not normally see. We've been talking, um, and I don't know, I've not spoke to you about this, Federico, but we've been talking about the Champions League and the fact it is boring because it's the same matches yeah. year after year after year. Whereas... Uh, the equivalent here with Euro 2016, you've got more teams in there. Totally we are going to see different games. For, for me, if, if I was if I was um, UEFA, I would sit down and almost say when when the two when the two teams go through from each group, let's not have the same quarterfinals and the same you know the, the same process all over again because these teams like Milan keep used to well, well I haven't qualified for years, but Barcelona keep playing Manchester City and Arsenal, and it's just it's, it just becomes so mundane, doesn't it? To see it because what what, what it used to be. European football was well. Here's here's a, here's the cream of the crop, and they'd be pitted against each other. But yeah, at that, that they have to look at that. And probably I've heard rumours about the Europa League initially being integrated into the Champions League, uh, and another format with another a second group stage coming back to the Champions League. And I think over the next ten years, we're going to see the money men come in and totally reformat football again. I really do think that will happen. I mean, certainly from my point of view, unless Celtic are in it, Champions League is not. <laughs> worth watching until <laughs> until you get to really the latter stages of it maybe quarterfinals quarter you know or tune in then but the group stages of the Champions League when you know if your they team's not in it it's, and then even after that you know that Chelsea are going to get PSG mm. Barcelona will get <laughs> that's, Arsenal that's, I mean you know well. you know it's going to happen and Chelsea PSG is always a game where Zlatan Ibrahimovic does his disappearing acting at the same stage every year. The man that wins league championships but can never, ever get to the Champions League final. And also, the player that who leaves a club, then Barcelona Inter, go and win the, the European Champions League the year after he leaves. Celtic's new striker. Could be. Yes, hoping. 
Uh, do we think he'll go to Bar- uh, to, to Manu? Just a random. I think it seems like a fit. Yeah, yeah Mourinho's worked with him. I actually didn't get on with him at the end because Zlatan, you know, take once all the oxygen the same as Mourinho. They're both drama queens. Um, but Man United need that kind of figure. They really do. And if I was Mourinho, I would sell Rooney as well. Really would. I think Rooney now, what position does he play? He wants to play this kind of number 10, Glenn Hoddle. But when he was a when he was a youngster, he was this animal, you know? He was this, yeah. this kind of... Yeah, player. he was just like... He was like a little boxer on the park and he's lost all that. And All right, he's still a good player, but his reputation far outweighs what he gives the team for me. The last time would be a better fit there. I think that's bold. I'd, assuming you would get a decent amount of money for him, which I think you would. The wages when he's on, maybe not as much as you think, probably. You'd be lucky to get someone to take him for 35, 40 million euro, I think. Because if he's earning what he says he earns, who who, who can really afford that? You're looking at... Who's going to take club? him, though? PSG, maybe? Yeah. If Zlatan left? I don't know. Possibly. You're going to buy him and play him in a position he doesn't. he's never played in before? No one's going to take that risk. I think Zlatan might go to Manu because Manu would be daft enough to pay him. And that's it. They'll pay him stupid money. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but he's Latin. He's Latin, but come on. He is Latin. And he knows himself if he does two years in England, he can then go and do two years in China and then probably two years in Qatar. So he's probably got, he's got all the money. He's just Latin. 35. Not young. Is he? Is that 35. Old? But he's a physical freak, isn't he? Now we're talking about Wayne Rooney, we can segue seamlessly into the England group, Group B. This guy's a total yeah. pro. Professional. Total pro. And I think the same issue is going to exist with Delhi Alley and Wayne Rooney. If Roy Hodgson, who kind of reminds me of Doctor Who's granddad or something, someone like that wears nylons in the house because he might wet himself, if he picks Delhi Alley in like a midfield three position instead and then puts Rooney at number 10, so basically shunts Delhi Alley and puts Rooney at number 10, then England don't deserve to win because right now they should be playing Delhi Alley, Vardy, and Kane and going for it because Rooney's let them down at so many tournaments I think I think the thing is though and this is one thing that I, I, always frustrates me so like because we were talking about Brendan Rodgers obviously but getting the Celtic job he had such a big figure in Gerrard that he had to play him and yeah. he couldn't not play him so he shoehorned him into the team when probably he, he wasn't the best fit for what he wanted to do I think Brendan Rodgers is going to have it again at Celtic because he's going to have to try and put Brown in there when he's Brown is does better players than Brown. Might be the and first time Stephen Gerrard and Scott Brown have ever been equated. <laughs> <each other. laughs> you never know. <laughs> and then Roy Hodgson, I think, is going to have to play Rooney. I, th- I think he, he feels oh, he's going to feel almost obliged to play him. Whereas, as you say, Kane, Vardy. Uh, yeah, right. Deli Ali, those those players who, I mean, they are in form. If, if when he gets to international football, you've got to play the players that are in form, and I don't think he's going to do it because he's going to think. Which is I what England don't do. Really. England almost always yeah. pick their squads by committee, like it's cricket or something. You know, like I remember it was this persistence with Beckham as well when he was an old man. Like you know, play players that are playing well and uh, that also don't have all that kind of psychological stuff that's already in their mind from tournaments because these players that have failed at tournaments before have got that. In their mind and almost makes sure. them damaged goods. I think there's a lot to be said for the nations that come out and they're completely unknown and their players grasp the moment. Because if, if you're Wayne Rooney, I, I, I would be surprised if he if he grabs this tournament because you've said it so many times when he was in his prime and he never done it. Mm. Yeah, but then you've got teams like say Germany who will be kind of up there favourites for the tournament. Mm. Germany are probably going to have 
they, they've really got a, t- a nucleus of a team yeah. that they've had for years they and have they've had been. for multiple yeah. tournaments. All still very good players, but their team almost picks itself. Yeah. Whereas it's in total contrast to maybe the, the English team. Actually, where, the English defence. Yeah, you yeah. see them and you think, well, they, you know, they really should go with absolute on-form players and it might be their best chance. But I still think that, I still think that England squad is pretty weak. I, I, don't, I think it's overrated yeah. and I think it's overrated because we get so much um, Premier League football and you, you're, you're almost made to believe that Nathaniel Klein is a good player or something you know I, to me uh, if he was like if we're going to reference something like uh, 90s Serie A Nathaniel Klein would have, wouldn't have been able to play in the top league he's just not a good defender you know it's, it's, he doesn't do the basics of the game and if you're going to look at this England defence uh, looking at Group B do you think Gareth Bale will do well against them? You'd have to, you'd have to think so. I think Bill said in his interview post match of the Champions League, he says we're going to win it. <laughs> now, obviously, he's high on emotion. He's, he's just won the Champions the League. The see, but see, to be fair to Gareth Bale, I don't think as a player or a manager you can talk about a, a tournament and say we are go- we are playing in this tournament with no ambition of winning it. I think you've always got to have that mentality. You can be realistic and say our chances of winning it aren't particularly high. We're outsiders. Gareth we're Bale going could, there to win he every could come game. back and say to you, Greece, 2002. And, and you know that... Leicester. <laughs> anyone can say Leicester, yeah, but from, from, definitely Leicester. But from, even from the context of a tournament, yeah. which is, is, a, is a bit of a microclimate and things can happen, players can go on crazy bits of form. Toto Scalacci, possibly. Gareth Bale, you know. Yeah. Um, Gareth, if, if Gareth Bale hits the ground running, his first shot in the first game flies in the top corner. You know, it, it could be Roy the Rover stuff. And which is which is a great thing about watching a tournament unfold in front of your eyes. You know, every other day you yeah. see the game, and you and you follow the the narrative and the context of everything. And I hope he does. I do think Gareth Bale, when Gary Lineker and uh, Rio Ferdinand were saying it will be between Bale and Neymar to be the best player in the world, uh, when Ronaldo and Messi go away, that's an absolute nonsense. There's a hmm. French lad called Paul Pogba that could put Gareth Bale in his back pocket. He of can course. do anything of both sides. But then I think that Gareth Bale can. I think Bale. Bale's never going to go to the next level when Ronaldo's there. It's not going to happen. He needs to be the main man in the team again, like he was at Spurs, but obviously at a higher club, at a higher level. And if he does that, like he's got the he's got the perfect opportunity with Wales at this tournament. Yep. If he can, and he's carried them for years. There's probably an argument in Bale being the best international player. Bale or Suarez, I would say, the best international player for the past few years. Well, I mean, Ronaldo's carried Portugal for years. I mean, Port- Portugal's But did team... he win anything? They did have some good... Like, I, know, I know you're right, Ronaldo, Ronaldo you, you could be right, Ronaldo probably right in that argument as well, but they were they were in semis and finals, they were in a final against Greece as well, and he had a victory parade before the final. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But, um, no, you're right, Ronaldo's been amazing, so has Latin been amazing for Sweden a lot of the time, but yeah. Bale, Bale lately is just... Because I think Wales are worse than all those teams. You know, mm. and uh, and he just seems to be a talisman for them uh, in a way that he isn't for his club. You know? And you're right; it's pro- it's because yeah. he is the main man. He's he's he is he's the player that everyone looks to. Bale will absolutely relish going up against England. He thinks so. I mean, obviously, <laughs> he's Welsh, but I mean, in terms of their their oh, defence, yeah, as you say. But then, I mean, what defenders is Bale going to be worried about? I mean, there's very few. He's not going to be worried about Chris Smalling. He's not going to be worried about Danny Rose. No, there's no doubt that you hit the nail on the head with the England team. People keep saying that this is a game. Oh, these England, these English team are dark horses. For me, Turkey are more dark horses than England. You know, because I uh, got 
a very good manager that's been over the course and done well. Sorry, I'm being anxious. Down, you, you, know, you, know, you know I've been on a turkey thing. Um, England, though, so are we going down the route? I mean, 100% in qualifying, is it? Is it the same old story are we saying here? Do you look very good in qualifying when it comes to the... I'd, it comes to playing for all the marbles, I'd, or just not. I think they're too. They're too hard. It's too hard to judge. I think England could go either way. I think you could end up that England could come up against some, you know, seasoned probably internationalists, group, they? and the young players might they might buckle. They've had a long season. They might buckle and they might they might struggle a bit, or as you say, they might play with a bit of freedom yeah. because it's the first tournament. You know, the, these young players have had a great season. It might go completely the other way and they sail through the group. Yeah, no, it's, they, all, it's all speculation at this point, isn't it? Because they should be getting through that group, though. Especially if you can qualify in third place, since uh, four of the third place teams go through. They should they should come out of that group. They really should. Then who they, who do they get in the next round? Because what usually happens is, as soon as they face a team that's ranked above them, they lose, you know? Mm. But, uh, yeah, if Vardy, if they, if they sit in like Hodgson likes to do, and enough balls from Delhi Alley get pinged to Valdi. He's going to run behind defences, isn't he? This is it. And the question is, though, Valdi, do we see his form carrying on through the summer? I hope and it does. I hope it does. It would be a brilliant story, wouldn't it? Because uh, I showed you that picture earlier on of Jamie Valdi, like four years ago, playing in a public park with a local butchers on his strip. You know? was, uh, what a story that is. That's a brilliant story. Rags to riches, rags to riches, Lou. <laughs> um, but yeah, so England, Russia, Slovakia, Wales. So, how do we think that group's shaping up? What do we think? So we've talked about England, talked about Wales, Russia, Slovakia. Slovakia. Last night, I saw them beat Germany uh, in Switzerland, three-one. Uh, uh, thankfully, someone installed something in my uh, uh, Fire Stick in Tesco at one a.m. in the morning. He says, "Come in, big man, and I'll sort you out." And he put this uh, Cody system in my face. So Completely legal. Highlights. Entirely yep. legal. But entirely legal. Allegedly, and uh, so I, I was watching all the highlights last night, which I wouldn't normally do. So I wouldn't know. I was just just jammy really before I came here, and uh, yeah, the um, Hamstick scored an absolute belter. Who's probably going to be a player that could do something in this tournament? He's in a very good season for Napoli. Um, Kubka, who's a central midfielder for Slovakia, really industrious, almost like a, a Gattuso, Gattuso at Milan, not Rangers uh, figure. And um, yeah, I think I think Slovakia could be a team that would surprise everyone in that group but not really surprise people that are really watching Russia I'm not so sure about uh, Russia, Russia are, are, are the bigger nation and people would maybe think they'll finish ahead of Wales and Slovakia but I wouldn't say that's a given uh, I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head kind of top players for Russia right now that's the thing they've got Konoplanka they've got no oh well, he isn't a cop player um, that isn't a great generation Although they don't have Fabio Capello, which is a boon for any team just now because yeah. his uh, nine uh, one formation or or ten zero sometimes uh, he was he had two goalkeepers in at one point I think he's just a footballing dinosaur so getting rid of him and forcing him to league was probably good for the team because it means they'll get some shackles off and actually run forward. I mean, um, what what was the was it not the Euros many years ago that had. Ah, uh, Shavin and what's his name? The boy who was linked to a Celtic at the time. Did they not both come from Russia? 
Oshavin and was Oshavin Oshavin came through Russia and who was the other boy at the time the both of them came through in that one tournament I'm sure it was the Euros they had another lad that played for Marseille I remember he was a forward people are going to be shouting at us right now yes or you mainly you yeah me I'm going to look it up right now (laughs) keep talking and I'll I'll provide some um, film if you think about population in football how how, Russia are underachievers aren't they Russia, I mean, if you look at the population of Russia and you think about even the population of Turkey, you could call it in that bracket as well. But I don't know. I mean, is it there could be something else more clandestine at play, you know, because it seems to be that when Turkey, when Russia have a lot of domestic footballers that possibly aren't being tested for performance enhancing drugs, that they do much better. Uh, and that's that's proliferating all Russian sport. So it could be when players play abroad and they're tested more, they sometimes they somehow don't perform as well. Yeah, this is Pavlichenko. Mine Pavlichenko came through at that tournament as well. Was yeah, I remember. Aye, we were, I think we were we were maybe linked with him before the tournament, and he right. absolutely destroyed it. And then it, did he not end up going to? I want to say Tottenham. You just looked him up on the internet. No, but I, di- I didn't look <laughs> up who he played for. I didn't look up who he played for. No, no, I'm, I'm aye. Yeah. But, so, um, yes. um, but but I'm looking forward to watching Oleg Shatov. Just uh, <laughs> purely. <laughs> purely for his name. Yeah. yeah. Just, just but that, I mean, that, that's an example of two players that p- p- before the tournament, they weren't mainstream players. Yeah. Not everybody knew of them. But and Russia, then, as you say, being such a big nation, they ended up performing. They both get mm. moves to the Premier League. So you know. there, there's going to be people in there that no one knows. That's, that's the great thing about tournaments, isn't it? There'll be there'll be players on a they'll be buzzing about in the media and social media in a month's time that no one even thought of. You yeah, know, that's that blown out of the water. Pavlichenko did go to Tottenham. Yes, yeah. well done. Yes, well spotted, Lou. Um, Tottenham reserves by any chance? <laughs> I don't know where he is now. <laughs> so Group B, we are seeing. I don't, what are we seeing? Who, who, who's? I, I think from that group, England and I want, I want Slovakia, and then I think England and Slovakia are going to qualify, and then Russia and Wales possibly might be fighting out for one of the best place third place teams. And this kind of Americanized everyone is a winner it's, it's scenario. Not, it's not really best place third place, is it? It's four out of the six. It's a bit mental. I know. Yeah, four best, four, four yeah, best yeah. players. Four strongest third place teams, sorry. Yes. Yeah, I know, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're incorrect, I'm just saying it's a lot of the third place teams that get through. But four out of six is loads, yeah. isn't it? It's like everyone mm-hmm. is always like saying, to not qualify, what do you have to do to not qualify? It would be Scotland-esque <laughs> not to qualify <laughs> from a group. No, I'd, I'd agree. I think England, um, Wales, Eng- England, England Slovakia, Slovakia, probably. Um and then Wales and Russia fighting out. Wales are another one. You just you just don't know. I mean, they, they well, you, Gareth Bale breaks his leg in the first match. <laughs> 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 Who comes on for Gareth Bale if he breaks his leg in the first match? Joe, Le- Joe Ledley's still in with a shout of plane, apparently. Broke his leg like a couple of weeks before the season ended, and apparently he's still because he's still training out. Like, yeah, Joe Ledley's in the fan and a few of the squads for the fantasy teams that I've been looking at and stuff. Uh, so he's he's definitely in contention. Ian Rush, I think, is still there. Up front. Uh, Dean Saunders. <laughs> <as well. laughs> uh, it's a Welsh golden so, generation in many ways. So that's Group B. That's done. Put uh, a pin in that. Sorted. Put money on that. That's it. Um, group D. We have uh, Croatia, we have the Czech Republic, we have Spain, and we have Turkey. 
it's quite a strong, quite a strong group. No? It is a very good group. I, that, that that is that is the kind of group that I think the games are going to have massive flashpoints as well because Turkey and Croatia always get players sent off at these tournaments and stuff. They just just looks like pure entertainment. That that, that, that group looks like a like soccer pawn, you know. Yeah, and I think we've. I think we'd all agree Spain are in with a, a chance of winning this tournament. They're going to be one of the favourites. Um, yep. Federico? I would, I would say Spain, um, from looking at them, uh, have certainly dropped down a notch. Uh, they they'd obviously they, they had the, the Barcelona contingent in the middle of the park, which is either retired or slowing down greatly just now. Uh, and I, I just think the, 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 the winning machine has certainly had its steam. Probably ended in the day, Holland totally eviscerated them. Um, but I think, from looking at I've seen a couple of friendlies against Italy and also I watched the highlights of them last night. Nolito scored two good goals, so he could be a surprise package for the tournament. Uh, Nolito. Nolito and Morata up front are very good players. Um, so yeah, I, I think Spain will, Spain should win this group, you know. Uh, uh, but watch out for Turkey. They 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 do this, you know. They disappear completely uh, off the reservation. They go away, but then um, Turkey come back and have a good tournament. And I think with Shannon Olu uh, and Yilmaz up front uh, and a very good manager on Terim, and probably I think they've got five German-born players, which is sort of reverse pollination that they do. So I, I think Turkey could do something at this tournament. Just looking at the the Spain squad, Sol Nunes from Atletico Madrid. He's he's in the provincial squad at least. I, I'd like to see him go. There's not many. Lucas Vasquez from Real Madrid as well was in, uh-huh. included. Um, Isco had a good final. Isco, I think Isco. Isco, I think Silva might have picked up an injury, which is a bad one for them. Um, Isco had, had a very good final, and I think they, they, they would need Isco really to play very well to win, because the the, t- the the team has lost a bit of character with Alonso and um, Xavi, and even Iniesta isn't quite the player he was, you know, and that's that's, that's their engine room. I think that. Well, I can see what you're saying about Iniesta. I think people, I've seen a lot being said about Iniesta and his time is done and stuff like that. Oh, I think that's ridiculous. Done, I think Iniesta's still... He's still a footballing poet, isn't he? Oh, yeah. A I mean, vampire. Um, Shapeshifter, what a player. <laughs> that's it. You, you sometimes just see him pull, pull passes and moves off and it's just... But he has been more prone to injury and that, normally that's a sign. Um and you think about a tournament, tournament is so unforgiving because you play twice a week. Sometimes it can be even more than that, three times in eight days. Uh, and tournaments can be very un- unforgiving on, on Asian players. And that's why a lot of teams like maybe Italy in 2010 were totally found out because they went with the same players from 2006. Uh, it's just one of those ones where your cycle is your cycle, I think, in a tournament. And um, I think Spain have got new players though. So you're right. Like, I, I, I wouldn't, I'd say Spain are in a group underneath France and Germany that can win it. They've also got those like those players that you mentioned who are not there. There's maybe you know some experience there that they've maybe lost. You know from prior well, tournaments. Puyol, um, Puyol's a miss, isn't he? Yeah, um, Puyol's a player they miss. But then it's Spain. You know, it's <laughs> they're always they're, they're always going to be up there. I think for me, probably Spain, Germany, France would be the three that I think. I think your winner's going to come from them. Well, I mean, Spain's won it twice in a row. They're going for their. their what, did, what, did, what did Spain do in tournaments before this gen, before their generation emerged? So they were the, they, 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 exactly. <laughs> they were classified as the perennial 
they, like they were the underachievers. They would yeah. go into tournaments with Raul, with great players, and they just never ever produced before that. Obviously, uh, many other great players, but I don't know about Spain. I, I, I think that. To me, they might be going back to their rightful place as a team that doesn't quite do it. Uh, we'll see, but I don't know if I have them in my favourites because one, one bad sign is I saw them play against Italy and Italy are not a good team this tournament. Uh, and Italy had the best of them and that worried me about Spain because the Italian team isn't very strong. The other side of that coin, if we look at Champions League, Europa League, Spain dominate. Yeah, they dominate, but how many Spanish players are at the centre of that? Pure hunters. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's no Isco. Yeah, yeah. Isco. Isco's definitely one. But I mean, look at the Barcelona front three. You know, yeah, that, that, that's, that's what's getting them most of the. Well, Barcelona front three is probably unplayable on its day. And if some of them are available to play for Spain, then I would definitely say Spain would be one of the favourites. But they are. They, I think they're in a group that can win it. But I just don't know. I think. I think that. I just think if you people might be overrating Spain in this tournament. Um. Turkey, you've talked about a little bit there, your dark horses. Um, what yeah. can we expect to see from them? What kind of... Raven lunatics uh, running about, playing football at a high tempo, with passion, uh, very savvy old fox of a manager in Fatih Terim, uh, Shannon Olu, which is pro who's probably the best free kick taker in the world game just now, uh, after Pirlo went to America and now just phones it in for a living. Um, so, yeah, Shannon Olu, uh, I like Yilmaz, I like, uh, a lot of the defenders are quite rugged and old school, which is lost in the game. Do you think they'll suffer from Turan has moved to Barcelona, he's been playing, but he's mm -hmm. not, you know, he was a key player, uh, let go now. He he's hasn't been playing much, so that yeah. goes either one of two ways, he goes into the tournament fresh or he goes into the tournament uh, not sharp, so we'll, we'll probably gather that. Uh, but Arda Turan's a very good player. Oh, he's like incredible, I think it was a it's not I wouldn't say it's not worked out at Barcelona it's not he's not been the player um, he was but I think it was a very smart buy it's just whether I or not they so. can there should be longevity in, in, in Arda Turan because he, he's, a, he's, he's one of those midfielders that he doesn't only have one skill set, you know. He, he, he's a quantity and quality player, which is which is uh, he's a he's a very good player. Another yeah. reason why I think Turkey might do something. Nuri Sahin at Borussia Dortmund as well in yeah. the Turkey squad. Exactly. They've got a couple. Of, uh, they've, I mean, they've Bundesliga got they've got some some quality there, but it's just whether you know they can. Yeah. They, I mean, they've got a tough group. Yeah, would you think that they could really... I mean, if they come through that group, I mean... If they, if they can come out of that group, and again, because of this third place thing, they've got a chance of coming out. Um, it'll probably be between them and Czech, them and Croatia. I don't know, because Croatia have got some good players as well. They've got Brozovic, Kovacic, uh, Kalinic, it's in form as well. Um, I, I, I like the Croatian team. Modric. <laughs> we look at I love Luka Modric. Um, but they've, they've got a, quite a, a younger generation and a lot of them are playing in Serie A. I mean, Kovic has just went to Real Madrid and he doesn't really get a game, but he's, he's a fine player. Um, Brozovic is apparently on the verge of an Arsenal move for about 40 million euros. So uh, Croatia could do something as well. Croatia and Turkey are not... Not, 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 they're not dissimilar in even their whole approach to the game. You know, like they play with this, like this nationalistic flavour, but also they've got, they've got players that, that like to play in little triangles and quality football, and it's good to watch. Uh, two teams that I like to see at tournaments. Scotland not beat Croatia not so long ago. <laughs> so that's him ruled out. You know what I mean? <laughs> not a chance. That's it. I think this, the manager got sacked after the game. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's an appropriate reaction. <laughs> Uh, Rakitic as well, obviously at Barca, um, can on his day be very good. Oh yeah, forgot about him. 
He is a, he's almost like a, a Diet Coke version of Pavel Nedved, isn't he? And I, just, I, I take that. I take a oh, Diet Coke version of Pavel Nedved. <laughs> um, and then the Czech... Czech Republic. Um, I don't think the Czechs are great this year. I don't. Penalties to win the tournament. Uh, or what was it? Who was the guy Paborski that done that goal? Remember in Euro '96, the Paborski goal before he went to Manchester United, but he really lobbed. He done like a sand wedge and they went over the goalkeeper. <laughs> uh, they were great in Euro '96, and they've had great teams, but I personally don't think this is one of them. I think they're on to a loser, Louis. Nah, uh, Petr Cech will be there. Mm-hmm. Brzezicki will be there. I can't really think of anybody else. Or, like Czech players off the top of my the, head. The, I don't. I don't think they've really got. There isn't the the the, 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 the Czech teams usually are cyclical, and I don't <laughs> and I don't think the cycles came through. They they do have they do have the odd talent, and again, and I don't want you to just labour over loads of Serie A players, but. They, there's no to go back to what we just mentioned that I don't I don't see a Nedved coming through you know or even or, or even like you know an underrated player was Kohler up front for them you know like yeah. um, Jan Kohler the tallest player like Peter Crouch with a build wasn't he yeah. <laughs> with a bit about him right um, yeah I would, but then the great thing about tournaments is they'll probably make us look completely stupid and win a couple of games won't they yeah absolutely and I, I think you're right I think that group that group could could give you some really good games. I think. Yeah. That could be pretty entertaining. Yeah. Well, it's possible. Well, there's there's a, a lot of very good groups. Looking at um, the other groups here, is there another group which which is kind of you know as nuanced and quite as exciting as that? Looking at it, I think that's the. I think I think the France group is quite interesting because you've got that uh, weirdly Albania and Switzerland is a bit of a derby. Do you know about this? Like, um, there's uh, five Albanian. I think it's four or five Albanian players that play for Switzerland. Jaka, uh, Banami, Jameli, and apparently it's going to be. Uh, I mean, uh, people have taken Shahiri as well. He's got Albanian descent, um, and it's going to be fireworks. They're saying so that could be a game to watch out. Um, I think the next group we're going to talk about has got some interesting dynamics. Most importantly for the Czech Republic, I've just been looking at their 2016 strip. I'm not impressed. No. Usually that's where the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. their highlight. I mean, good strip. Good performance. Have you seen any strips for the Euros that you would? You would France strips are a really beautiful top. They, they've been nailing it lately. Italy have been failing lately, but my favourite all-time Euros top is Denmark. We had the old Hummel uh, on it. Oh, you know, strong. That was great. The hipsters' choice. The old Hummel, <laughs> I would imagine. Um, I, I I quite like the Spain top. See the white Spain top with a kind of pixelated yeah, yeah, they were, they red and orange. And nice. I think that's pretty nice. Um, Belgium top is quite cool. You know, cause it's, got, it's got that deep red uh, football top chat. The like uh, this Croatia top's always interesting just because it's distinctive, isn't it? Ah, you yeah, get the red sure. checkerboard. Um, probably who's, who's got the worst top in the tournament? Let's see. Northern Ireland's a bit of a shanner, isn't it? Aye, we wouldn't be purchasing that. I don't think. No. But no, it's it's always good to get a wee, especially on your holidays. I remember being a kid and getting the, the Italy top when I was on holiday, I think I was on holiday in Portugal uh, and I'm sure it was the year of the Euros but it was the Italy top that was really tight it was mm-hmm. when when they first started bringing out those really tight yeah, tops and it kind of uh, the Kappa one, like S&M it, numbers weren't they? And Tottenham had the exact same 
Tottenham had the exact same design pretty much because they were sponsored by Kappa at the same time. I got that on holiday, one of my favourite ever tops. I seen them from your holidays with these tops, and you're where else you get that? Ah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I think there was a bit of chat on the Twitter about Italian tops I seen last night. There was some questions about favourite. I'm gonna say favourite Euro qu- uh, tops. I didn't put the question out, but um, aye. So check that would be mine. Favourite Euro tops. Um, Germany have had some crackers. There's a German ah, one there. Yeah. There's a green German one with the it. with the, like the helix and all that going on. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, I don't know what date that's from, but that is a retro Adidas, like 1988 yep. or something. And then the classic as well there. The Cameroon at the Euros, yeah, yeah that's a great one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know who put that in. They had the sleeves cut off, didn't they, one year? And they were told uh, by FIFA that it was illegal not to have sleeves in your top, so they started wearing these little Why the hell tight you Adidas sleeves. To be fair, favourite international kit. Oh, there you so are. We're, yeah, we're, we're, um, Germany 88, that would have been... There was the Mexican, the Inca one at uh, 94. Mm-hmm. That was a beast. Anyway, we're, we're diverging. We are uh, diverging. Um, Maybe, uh, you know, people getting in the, the spirit of the Euros and stuff. Uh, we should just form- include all the nations in the Euros. Form- well, uh, world peace. Form- yeah. Israel. Form- <laughs> form- <laughs> oh, form- man. Uh, Australia are in the Eurovision Song Contest now, man. Just actually have teams that aren't in Europe in the Euros. That's uh, the future. Yeah, I would like that. Just Pro- Probably uh-huh. am. Uh-huh. But France, who has written for the... The website, and not the nation, the, not not the nation, the, the individual. Japan he, were in the Copa America, and America playing the Copa America at USA. That is, and they're North American. Mexico technically speaking is North American. It's we're supposed o- to be. We're open to it. Why so not? But France has completed the sticker book. I don't know if there's anybody out there that still completes sticker books for tournaments. He has done I mean, it. He, it has cost them about. 300, he says, maybe just over 300 pounds to complete, but he has completed it. It's dedication. That is, that Hats is, off to that, that man. That brings tears to my eyes as we speak, actually. That is he does it every tournament. My dad used to have a, um, he used to have chip shops, um, chippies in the Duke Street area of Glasgow, and we used to be big on selling panini stickers uh, to the kids. Uh, <laughs> sounds dubious for some reason. Yeah. You just know what I mean? He sold them to their parents often as well. Yeah. Uh, so what I used to do was uh, go to the cash and carry and get the you know the merchant box. Uh, but even if you bought the whole you know um, retail box, you couldn't fill your album. I used to I used to go to the cash and carry and my dad, or just tell them and, and with two or three whole size retail boxes, you, you could fill your album. So I take it into school, and everyone would hate me. And that's just another reason for going, them going, to despise into, me. going into school with a big massive pack of doubles with an elastic band go around it. Go need dealing in the and uh, 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 <laughs> that is that it was is like the Silk Road, wasn't it? It was really clandestine. Kids disappearing into little doorways beside the Janny's office, and they're like, "Oh no, I need that right. sticker. I need that badge. You need it's a sh- shiny." <laughs> <laughs> some, aye, some, somebody needs a you got, shiny. You were not going to swap. A, you had to swap a shiny for a shiny. That's <laughs> oh. a, a madman if you if you gave it for anything else. I don't. I, I do. Uh, I'll take ten of those for a shiny type deals. But ah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So now we are back on course talking about the Euros 2016 uh, completed book. I'm I'm blown away by that. Yeah, blown away by that. It's, it's an effort. It's a commitment. Let's frame that actually. Is Every it? page individually in a separate frame in his living room, like gold discs. What's that? It's beautiful. Closest thing you'll get to it. <laughs> so, group E. Group E for Echo. I repeat, E for Echo. Um, e for Echo. See, that's quite smart. That's that echoed Echo. 
Uh, Belgium, Italy, Republic of Ireland, and uh, Sweden. So how do we think Henrik Larsson's going to perform this tournament? Oh, I come, but... Thomas Brolin will probably have the most assists in the tournament as well. Gav's going to If like he that. can stay away from... Uh, Rivita coated with whatever dollops of like clotted cream you put on it. Have you seen the size of Thomas Brolin? Thomas Brolin, he's really strange looking player for a used to be, well, a strange looking person that used to be an athlete. Thomas yeah. Brolin has got a surprisingly large amount of uh, uh, audio time on this podcast <laughs> for a player who has. He's had an article written about him. He is, he's on the website in an yeah. article. Um, he is a large gentleman. He enjoys the poker. He's. Easy. Mm-hmm. To to go back to, to Bro- Brolin and I think Thomas Brolin and Fernando Torres look like lesbians. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but they look a bit like your kind of aunt who's a lesbian who had a heart broken and never comes out of the house and is quite asexual and resentful of the whole thing. If you look at their faces and they're also the way they kind of need, they always seem to need a cuddle. Like Torres in that final needed a cuddle. He Someone, was crying Simeone like should have baby. came on and just hugged him, held him and said, you'll get past this heartbreak. You know, <laughs> Someone will sleep with you back. I, I, um, <laughs> ch- ch- yeah. Chin up, fella. I, I, Someone will love you. So anyways, so yeah. But to talk about this group and not... Uh, Strange tangents. Um, I think that Belgium are the clear favourites. However, I think Belgium are the team that everyone's saying Belgium's going to be great, Belgium's going to be great. I'm not so sure they're that great defensively, uh, but they're brilliant going forward. Belgium will be the favourites to win it. And I think it's a bit of a a bit of a, a three for all between three for all between the other three teams. Um I think Italy will have the slight edge because of the manager and the coach who is is very much from like I said, the Simeone cloth. And I think he will he will eke out results in this tournament, but Italy will not be spectacular. Italy will be the sort of team that the pundits hate uh, and talk about ruining the tournament, honestly. They will they would, I think you'll see a you'll see a very attritional Defensive tactical foul Italy in this tournament because they've got the defence, they've got the UV block, what? and they've got the holding midfielders. Even even though some of them are aging and they lost Ferrati and Marchisio, but they don't have like the up front strikers. Graziano Pelle, I mean, come on, playing for Italy, it's that's sacrilegious. And they, they, they've, they've they've got players beside them that just unbelievable. Three goals in qualifying makes them top goal scorer. Well screened up, but it's, I think he's got five goals in total, which compared to the other choices is decent. Uh, Unfortunately for Italy, they, they had a centre-forward who could have been one of the best players of his era, but he has the brain capacity of a five-year-old, and that's Mario Balotelli. So if Balotelli would have been able to harness his talent, they'd go into these tournaments with a player that could do damage, but he just has never been able to do it. Actually, uh, uh, Mario Balotelli with a brain equals Paul Pogba. That's the equation. Wow. That's, that's an equation. Um, and just, again, minor tangents. People have been talking about uh, players coming to Celtic. Mario Balotelli? God, no. I <laughs> just didn't want him first time around. <laughs> Not going to want him this time around. <laughs> he would, it would be funny, though, wouldn't it? It would be hilarious. Like, oh. Balotelli at one side of Glasgow and uh, Joey Barton at the other. Oh, you know? It's a, uh, it would be, Twitter it would be, it would be like the Middle East. Yeah, hey, there would be unrest. Listen, if he start, if he comes over to Shawlands and starts dishing out ten twenty pound notes, yeah. hey, all why, for it. Why not? All for well, it. If he goes near Parkhead and starts <laughs> dishing out ten twenty pound notes, you he, know? Can, he can come to pod if he wants. <laughs> I'm happy with that. But I do think there's there's some players with uh, an Italy's team that I'm looking forward to seeing. To be fair, oh, they've got some um, specialists. They've got some specialists, but where's Roberto Baggio? Where's Gianfranco Zola? Well, where course, is Alessandro Del Piero? Where, where? But you where, can't where expect. Is it, where is Andrea Pirlo? But if you're Italian, they do come along, uh, and they haven't came along. Hmm. You know, like after uh, after you know Pirlo probably after Pirlo 
Verratti did arrive, but Verratti's got injury problems, and I think Verratti's going to be a superb player. Verratti's, but he's not yeah. in this tournament. Verratti is a, a very talented player. We've talked about him quite a lot as I'd, well. I'd like Bern having a an affection for Fiorentina. I'd love to see Bernadeschi mm-hmm. play. Um, he's going to play, I think, because he played against Scotland last night. I watched that game, uh, and he's. I would say he probably isn't as good a player as Domenico Berardi, who's been left out of the... Berardi's been left out of the squad for mainly because of indiscipline, but um, Bernadeschi has got something about him. But in the past, honestly, he would have been nowhere near an Italian team, and especially at this early stage of his career. In the past, it would have been another five or six players playing in this position above him, but it's just a weak generation, especially in the forward areas. Still got one of the best defences in the world game, though. And that's mm-hmm. what they'll play to the strength. And you're, well... I think Italy, you can't, I don't think you can ever write Italy off, but the fact is they do have a solid defence and as you say, they've got a manager that knows to play to that strength. Mm-hmm. So, you know what, they could just... It's boom or bust and that's how it's been this century with Italy. They'll go out in the first round or they'll win the tournament. Yeah. Um, Belgium, you've mentioned a very highly rated. Personally, I think they have a lot of decent players. I don't know if as an international team... That they're ever gonna, um, or, or that they've got enough to, to achieve it. I don't. If they don't do it at this Euros, because they had the excuse of the climate, really. Poor Kevin De Bruyne in Brazil. Did you see him? You know, like he's already one of the sons of Chernobyl. Well you know, Scottish. yeah, exactly. So he was, he was, he was, he was totally matted down and um, uh, and Ambry Soler, but it wasn't really helping him because they, I think that there was quite a convenient excuse the weather in Brazil, and it was for a lot of teams because it was so hard, especially in North Brazil. But um, this tournament is on their doorstep, you yeah. know. It's a uh, they can they can well, drive, so so they they, they should they should be looking at winning this tournament with the players they've got. But I would be surprised if they did. Potentially another really good group, yeah, full yeah. of some entertaining games. You know, we haven't um, spoken about Ireland. Ireland, Ireland are a funny one. That, as a, as with all the home, like, uh, home nations, um, the, the team. Back up, I know, I knew I was wrong as soon as those <laughs> syllables came out there. Um, Neighbouring Ireland. Yeah, yeah. I think that the, the Irish team are a funny one in that. I think when Scotland played them, I wasn't. I was not impressed with Ireland at all, to be honest. And I thought Scotland had the better of them when they played them. But they are going into a tournament, you know, in terms of their, their team spirit and their belief, they'll believe that, they will want, obviously they will want to prove to people that they belong to be that, you know, they should be they in that tournament. absolutely atrocious under Trapattoni at the last one, remember? Uh, they went out in the first round and again, people were talking about the spirit and things. Yeah. Spirit's only going to get you so far, isn't it? Of course. But you're right in what you're saying. Because they've got a good manager and they've got the attack dog beside the manager. So if they don't concede goals, uh, uh, you could see them winning certain physical battles. Although I don't think Italy and Sweden are a good team to win physical battles against because, you know, Celtic fans will testify when when, Cel- when Juventus went to Parkhead, you know, the, the, the defenders love physical games. Uh, and Swedish, Swede, Swede the, you know, the whole Scandinavian cliche, but Sweden defenders aren't going to be scared of set pieces with Ireland are they no so I don't know it's a, it's a hard one for Ireland to come out of that group really is hard and we, we mentioned Sweden uh, we've touched uh, briefly on Zlatan unrelated earlier on um, how do you think Sweden will do do you think Zlatan can they've 
got a nucleus of players that won the Euro under-21s last year. And Celtic luminary John Guidetti was amongst them. Um, I They've also got... Uh, who's the Celtic right-back, centre-half? Um, so, I mean, um, they're, they're, they're a team that just seems to completely surprise you constantly at tournaments all the time. They're great in the sum total of the parts. They, to me, I said this once when, in a... And I, I do articles for um, footballitalia.net and uh, another couple of websites. And I was writing about Sweden after they put out Italy and won that Euros. And they're almost, as a Scots, as someone who's got down, Sweden are almost what Scotland want to be at football. You know, Scotland want to be seen as these warrior poets that go in there, and, and you know, and and they and they have this uh, spirit to get them over the line, but they don't. What does Sweden do? Like if you look at the way those players play, I, I, especially the under twenty ones last year, those I've never seen players work harder. There was games. When they would go down to ten men, and, and you, just, you just wouldn't see the difference. So they have; they've, they've, they've got an amazing team spirit about them, uh, and I think they've got a better team spirit than Ireland with the addition of Ibrahimovic that can make the difference in games. I think they also, you know, they have one major thing going for them, and that's that they've got um, champ manager wonder kid Kim <laughs> Kalstrom who obviously is he will, still playing? Will, will dominate yep, he's, still, yeah. he's in the provincial squad at least so. do you remember he signed for Arsenal got injured never played a game that's it yeah. that was never played a game and I don't know if uh, if it was true but when it was announced the squad they said that Lustig was the only right back they had yeah which is mental and uh, if you look at Germany like to go there they've only got Gomez Looking at it, I think Gomez is the only out and out striker of the name because Muller often plays up front and Royce. Yeah. But really, like the, the managers make these eccentric picks, and we'll get to the other groups as well. But there's been so many, there's been so many really eccentric picks by by coaches, and uh, you can see that uh, as as fans we'll sit and we'll look at players and we'll look at games. But they're obviously picking them for personal reasons and also just how they can perform in a group. Did they do something in qualifying? Because uh, it, it, it seems odd to me that some of the picks, especially from the Italian point of view and the French point of view, but. We'll get to that in the next podcast. The French one is really interesting, especially after Cantona saying that Deschamps is a racist. You know, that's that's a minefield. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a group. If we go back to that group, I think that group could be really entertaining. But I don't think it's as clear cut. You know, as you say, Italy, people are going to expect Italy to go through. They're probably going to expect Italy to do really well. Same with Belgium. Belgium... You don't know. You, you really don't know what Belgium is going to turn up. Are they going to be, you know, are they going to get to it's where all everybody should think for Belgium, they should be? isn't it? Because people yeah. are saying, look at the players. That they, they, when you put the 11 up, it does look like a, a, you know, a Premier League select in many ways. And people will say Hazard. But Hazard, again, is he's never done it at a tournament. So now is the time. And you've got a lot of players there that, that, that they have to produce now. This is the time because it's in France. They have to do it now. Yeah. Yep. And they've got Boyata on their squad. Yeah, well, Boyata. Yeah, he's one to watch. In, in, in place of uh, company who was probably. Like for be like injured. in many ways, then, isn't ah, it? You look down the list and you see a company misses out, Boyata comes in. Yeah, an absolute rock. <laughs> so, if I have to ask you for your predictions, gentlemen, who from that group is qualifying one and two, and then who's maybe getting through the um, I am going to say I'm going to go crazy <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Italy are going to qualify because they're either going to qualify or they will take zero points it'll That's be Neil Poir or 
all the way. A draw with Ireland, like they drew New Zealand <laughs> in the World Cup, the last World Cup. Uh, Italy and Sweden. That's my pick. I don't. I think Belgium are going to fail. Uh, I would go. Is this out there? there? Belgium not, but maybe they could scrape through in they third place and do that place. classic Argentina thing, you know. Yep. In the nineteen ninety, when they got to the final, um, I'd go Belgium, Italy. I think, I think Belgium and Italy will go through. I think Belgium and Italy, but I don't think Italy will be impressive doing it. And again, I think I think there'll be a team that will have people scratching their heads who, who will almost say, "Oh, this is a return to you know the Italian teams of the seventies and eighties And I think in many ways it has to be because they don't have the forward players. So it's going to be you're going to see last ditch tackles and a wall of deep defenders, which is fun in its own way in tournaments. I think um, Ireland. Glorious failure. I think. I think they're going to take on the Scottish mantle of. I think they'll probably beat Belgium, but they won't do enough to to is get it, through. Is McGeady in the squad? Don't know, but he's not really played. He's not really played for them. I don't think. Uh, I think he was named. Might have been named in a pre-squad, but uh, I don't yeah. think he played well in some qualifiers. Uh, he was a real letdown at the last Euros where uh, the Trapatoni went to because I think before it he was talking about. I think he'd made his move to Russia and people had saw him as going to be a player, but it hasn't really happened for him, has it? Yeah, I should point out this has been recorded before full squads have been officially announced. Mm-hmm. Tonight is the deadline for squads. Yeah, yeah. Poor timing. <laughs> <laughs> Good planning, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, organisationally inept. Um, so he is in. He, he's in the provisional squad. Yeah, yeah. So. squad. Um, I'm just rambling nonsense now. That's <laughs> if you've listened to the pod before. The that's whole thing. Standard. We've not even discussed who's got the best hair yet. That's that'll be for next week. Um, so we've covered groups. BDE. Uh, next week we'll be picking up with the other groups. Um, what I did want to ask the guys whilst you're there, um, players. So what player? Three things really. Player to look out for. Player of the actual tournament and top goal scorer. And that can be from any groups. You don't have to be. Any groups, not just the ones we're yes. looking at. Will I go first? Okay. Go for it. Certainly. Uh, player to look out for. We'll see Hakan Shanonolu, who, as I said before, I think he's one of the best free tick takers of a ball I've ever seen, very much like uh, Juninho, how do you pronounce that, Pernambranco, the one that used to play for Leon. He hits the ball on the valve, they fly in, Branco, Brazilian style. So he's going to, he's going to be a player that could do something, This player, uh, the Turkey player, Shanonolu. I think the player of the tournament I will go back to, even though I have my concerns about um, some of the some of the distractions because even like the stuff that's going on in France just now is a worry it really does make me worry uh, but I think it will be a French player it won't be Griezmann I think it could be Paul Pogba I think Griezmann could be top goal scorer Pogba's a nice choice Griezmann's also yeah they will yeah they're, they're pretty much my two choice I think player of the tournament I think we were talking about this uh, earlier on I think Pogba I think Pogba needs to take a tournament by the scruff of the neck to really get mm. to the next level. Um, no, you're right. And I think he might do it because I think France have got a decent shout. So I would go with him for player of the tournament. I think one to watch out for is um, probably Griezmann, actually, because I think although he's got to the final of the Champions League, I still don't... He's not a household name, I wouldn't say. But yeah. I think a lot of people who will watch the Euros because it's the Euros, I think they'll probably see how much a special player he is. Mm-hmm. Top goal scorer? Not sure. 
I'm not sure. Gino? Morata, <laughs> probably. Well, possibly Morata. Um, uh, playing um, obviously in the, the Spanish team, <laughs> you know, he, very he's, streaky player. You're right. He he's the one at a tournament that could just yep. like, you know, something flies in the net early. He's a streaky player because even at uh, Juventus, he's a sort of player that won't score for two months and then he'll hit you five and three games. You know, he's just like kind of streaky striker, uh, and that could work at a tournament or not. But yeah, he's some quality on him. I think he's going to see the same now. Even Manchester United, Arsenal are taking him because he's going to go back to Real Madrid on a buyback clause that they've got. So he's a player that'll probably be playing in England next year. Yeah, nice. Um, I would go. Um, came up with the questions and didn't come up with an answer when I did that. <laughs> uh, I think Turan's a good player to watch out for. He's obviously a, yeah. a great player and he is well known just now. But I think he is. You're talking about Turkey could have a, a could be a surprise yeah. in the tournament. I think awesome. he's a player that could drive that. Um, top goal scorer. Uh, I'm gonna say Thomas Muller. I think Germany yeah. will do well. It's almost guaranteed he gets five goals, isn't it? This is it. Uh, and I think France are up in the air. They're either going to, again, uh, win it or not play very well. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, tournament player. Uh, it's either going to be a German or, again... No, I'm no. gonna I'm gonna hope because I'm gonna be supporting Italy. I'm gonna hope Italy can do it. So it'll probably be a Italian defender. If it's going to be somebody, yeah. Or uh, you know, we would love to see like you know, get. I think this is a human being that's defying the the aging process and actually getting long younger. Gigi before. Oh. The senator of the game now. You know, he's uh, he's coming up for forty years old, and he isn't there because it's it's like he isn't there because of his name. He isn't there on reputation. He's there because he is the best goalkeeper. He is phenomenal. Yeah, um, just you're talking about greatest goalkeepers of all time. He's I, got to be. I think he's. I don't. I don't think there's a debate. But I think Gigi Buffon, and there are some guys that are playing just now like Neuer and Czech that are great goalkeepers. But if you look at him coming into the Parma team at 16 years old and still playing at the top level at 39 years old that, that, that it makes him almost like the Alex Ferguson of goalkeepers that kind of longevity it is phenomenal if we get any questions on the Twitter box yes I will get them now
So over to Louis with some Twitter questions. Yep, um, at Melbourne Boy eighty eight um, says who who's the panel's tips to win and dark horses. So we've kind of yeah double double point now. Who's going to win the tournament? Who who would be a dark horses? He says he's on the uh, he's on Croatia at thirty three to one for his for his outside bet. Bold. Dark horses to win. Yep. It's oh, interesting, isn't it? <laughs> maybe maybe I'll just setting his tenor on fire or something. <laughs> <laughs> I am arately dark horses. Can I give one answer for both? Probably not expectation wise. Uh, I don't know. I mean, right now, I don't think you'd find a lot of people betting their money on um, on the Italians. Uh, yeah, I think they are in, in the definition of dark horse and this is someone that will be watching the game jumping up and down with face paint on Italy I wouldn't expect to win the tournament however as all cliches go you know they're the team that finds a way so you never know but uh, yeah they would be dark horses I'm going to say I think France will win it I think they'll get their act together uh, for the tournament and because uh, I, I think Germany are very bipolar especially those results yesterday like losing to Slovakia and then they lost another game to England they've had some good performances too uh, they lost to Ireland as well didn't they um, so Germany are quite bipolar just now I think um, France to win it and then I don't think Turkey can win the tournament but I think they're going to be a team that will give us plenty of uh, like, like they have done at World Cups in the past you know there, there could be could be a lot of enjoyment from watching that team I think um, I'll go I think France will win it and my outside bet I am purely because of um, the teams teams of similar well some players and similar uh, style that have embarrassed Celtic <laughs> in uh, European competition this year I'm going to go Sweden for my outside bet um, the Bulls Latin always a danger absolutely uh, no Albanians then no, no Albania no no, not for me not for you Albania I, I think though in terms of supporting um, they might be my second team after Italy because uh, in, in our family businesses there's, there's, the Albanians have pretty much taken over from Italians as the stock <laughs> employees uh, so because they, like, especially like Albanian chefs and stuff like that they all you know, a lot of them went to Italy and stuff in younger because it's kind of geographically not that far yeah. away to go over the Adriatic and they go there a lot of them early doors uh, for what they expect might be a better life so there's all these Albanians in Glasgow that I kind of know now uh, and I, I think people might when they go into the city centre to watch the game in pubs they're going to see quite you know, there's, there is quite a big Albanian population yeah. in the city um, Stato 90 at Stato 90 um, after Australia competed in the Eurovision uh, what country and why would you like to see from outside Europe enter the tournament that's a good one that's a good one um, go on you go oh, I would actually, you mentioned Australia, I'd like to see Australia uh, because Mark Edwards is an Australian fan uh, who you can follow on Twitter and look at an abusive timeline. <laughs> um, but I would quite like to see Scotland beat Australia. Now that would require... Scotland being able to qualify for the tournament. <laughs> Australia have got a better chance. The planets yes. would have to align, wouldn't they? It would, it would. But if it was to happen, I would take great pleasure in that. Um, mine should be the US of A uh, so that chapters Fuck and Seth yeah. could come come over um, and I, I, I don't know I think I'd like to see North Korea really you know, yeah, I would, especially just to see if we could get a hold of the news reports that they would send back 
because uh, they would probably declare that they won the tournament after getting beat 5 or 6 now. So and uh, King Young-Rin played up front and scored a hat-trick. So if we could get if we could get North Korea in the tournament and then see how the who is their equivalent of like Dougie Donnelly and Rob McLeod who would be really in the news, that would be the best I think, you know. Because uh, it, North Korea would definitely Donnelly, win the tournament. <laughs> is it Dougie? I <laughs> think went out I think there. China have probably got aspirations to win this tournament although they're not even in it Definitely. but they, if they go the way they're going they'll probably want to they'll build it. a monorail all the way to France that's it um, drop the players off apparently there's a monorail <laughs> getting built in uh, Glasgow on, for, the, for the airport anyway that is a massive detour we're going. sounds like an episode um, of the Simpsons now doesn't it monorail it. exactly um, right at Chris underscore Derry um, who's the worst player to make it to Euro 2016 did we not just mention him what are, you, are you we going with <laughs> <laughs> Company's base, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Boyata has got to be, mm, yeah. yeah. You know who it would have been until earlier on when I got a massive piece of news. Mm. Ricardo Montalivo. Now, Ricardo Montalivo is the Milan captain, but he's to me he's one of these he's one of these examples of the weird hierarchies in Italian football. He cannot play football. He, he has these skinny little hips. He looks like he would belong in the female World Cup beside Hannah Lundberg and Mia M. And he. His, his engine is terrible he's, he's, he's always giving the ball away he is like Pirlo minus all the talent <laughs> so he but he got injured and he, he, he never played against Scotland right Conte never played him and they'd done a warm down after the game and this is how frail and fragile is he got injured in the warm down <laughs> so he's missing the tournament he must be one of the only players ever to get injured in the warm down sure. <laughs> and he didn't play the game, the game. Yeah, exactly um Podestrian G, uh, Graham McKay, he says, when's the proper football start back, Bowd? When's the proper football back? <laughs> July. Let's say July. Let's but say July. No, I've, I told you that from a Celtic point of view, I'm just excited about pre-season and... Playing Leicester City, are we not? Yeah, well, we've got, we've got that. The, the British champions coming together. Um, but I'm just... I want to see... Britain. <laughs> remember the Battle of Britain Celtic always does well with the, bra- the, the Battle of Britain um, we've got uh, a tweet from Ryan Clark he asks should uh, Rooney and Hayes both of Aberdeen should they be in the Republic of Ireland squads and he says that Hayes should be ahead of McGeady without a doubt um, both players had good seasons for Aberdeen I think that's hard to I would have them ahead of McGeady yeah I think McGeady is one of those players that uh, in his own mind, he probably believes he's Ronaldinho, but uh, he's 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 Eden he has, mo- he has he has moments. He has yeah, brilliant moments. But when though? Because he, if he's not getting a game for Sheffield Wednesday, you know, and when did yeah, he have a moment for Everton? I, I I don't get. I, I'm not saying like obviously if you're going to compare an Aberdeen player, then maybe he should. But I, I, one of those again, one of those players that, who I've heard him in his career say he thinks he should be playing at number ten. He thinks he should be playing behind the strikers, and mm. is, is the talent there for that? I think it was possibly. I don't. I don't, I don't think it is now, and I think yeah, you're absolutely right that he shouldn't. He should make way for a younger player who's going to a just have more of an impact and b thinking forward is going to do more for the squad. Um, Jamie Moore uh, asks what in God's name does Scotland have to do or change to get to a tournament I think they're on the right track honestly I, 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 I really don't think you could look at Strachan's tenure and put it if you looked at Burley and uh, Levine and you know some of the people that came before them they, they're, they're a better team than they were 
they are a better team than they were. Now they're not. A, they're not. I wouldn't even say they're a good team. But if you look at it from a little bit of progress, there, ha- there has been progress there. And I don't think they should sack the manager. I know, like some people don't rate him, and this one is, But I don't think they should sack the manager. Like I think they should should keep him and give him another go because they have made they have made a little bit of progress. I think the most important thing is that the tournament needs to expand to thirty six teams. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's no possible way we could. Not well, we could we still could actually probably. Would. Oh, we are so close to that seventh place finish. God damn it! I know. Um, Next time, but I think there has been progress. I think Federico's right. And if uh, and if the UEFA expansion progress continues, you could have both. You could have a, you could have the perfect scenario where it's an expanded fifty-team European Championships played across all the major cities of Europe. Glasgow gets its game, and Scotland are in it. That's it. Um, Cal McCulloch has. Um, can you think of any players Celtic have signed on the back of a successful international tournament? Um, also tips for top goal scorer. The only one that came to my mind when I read that was Izagiri. Did That's we not sign him off the back the of a World Cup? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't think of Who any. looked like Roberto Carlos before he got injured, didn't he? His first season. He was on the, ah, he was on the verge of a seven million season, move to you know. seven million move to Arsenal and things like that. I think people forget that like, he just never came back from that injury, didn't he? No, never that, looked the same. That uh, Totally affected him, but I can't think of anybody else. Possibly. What about Lustig? What about Lustig? It was a question who, if Celtic bought anyone off the back of a tournament. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that is a giri the first one, but uh, or the, the latest one. But I think if you went back to 19. Yeah, you'd maybe going back to after. after cause Scotland were at the one in France. In '94, was there anyone that shone? Because at that time, Rangers were obviously spending money. In uh, Celtic, Rangers, if you were to take it to the other Rangers bought Oleg Solenko and stuff. The member of it, but I'm sure Celtic would have bought someone because Celtic were financially spending a bit of money. Was Viduka a tournament? I don't, know. I don't think so. Viduka though was a Croatia the, player the, when the, they bought. It's him. a difficult one because when players play exceptionally well at tournaments. The big, Henry, the big clubs Larson snap them up. Count. Henry you Larson could count because uh, he wasn't there that long after '94, was he? I don't think you could claim that that was due to. Oh, it was because Feyenoord were letting him go for a song oh, with Vim Janssen. Vim Janssen, yeah, that was it. He was but well aware he of it. He was exactly. great, wasn't he? '94 World Cup, Larson. In America, in the USA, yeah, yeah. Thomas Brolin was there. Larson scored the goals. I mean, uh, Sweden came. 94 was America, I'm getting it right, 98 was yep. France. So 94, Sweden came third place and Larson scored three goals, I'm sure. Uh, and he had his long hair and he wasn't really playing as a centre-forward. He was. He became a centre-forward yeah, later on. He was quite was... a wide player. Um, no, I was just going to see... Reggie Blinker. A young <laughs> tournament maybe, but... Ah, it's, a, it's a difficult one, I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be... People will be tweeting in uh, suggestions. Um, top goal scorers. We've kind of talked about goal scorers, haven't we? Is there anybody else you you would think of? Uh, Griezmann uh, said Muller. Griezmann and Muller would to be two brilliant bets for it. Yeah. Outside of those ones, think I think Morata was a good pick as well. A really good pick. He could he could hit it. Uh, Do you think England have got a chance? You think we could see a few goals from a Vardy or a Kane? I think Vardy's probably a better chance than Kane mm-hmm. for me. Do you think he'll do it though? Chips on the table, Louis. I think he'll score goals, eh? I think if I think if England are gonna score goals, I think it's more than likely gonna come from him. Because I don't think 
are we being naive to sleep on Ronaldo scoring goals because he scores goals every game he sure, plays yeah. true true and he's the talisman he looks, for his team looks like he's had Botox so he'll be there uh, kind of looks like a glazed yum yum now hasn't he with, with like uh, he look, I think he looks a bit like a condom stuffed with walnuts that's wow that's the Aye. most interesting description like of a football a player condom ever stuffed with walnuts look at him uh, I'm, I'm I'm getting fed up with him. I'm getting fed up with him, like trying to take the plaudits for Real Madrid. Did you Madrid see his games. smile when he stared um, at the goalkeeper um, at what's his name, Atletico Madrid goalkeeper? Oh, uh, Biak. Yeah, he, st- he just stared at him and he almost smiled as if this is this is my this is my, this is my domain. The this, penalty. This is it, son. And I get to take my. Top I off. have been Taps shit off. all game, and I am going to be the hero. I'm Which has happened in the last game against Atletico when he scored the four-one penalty. Um, as a Giri fanboy, um, would Count Cole be a lovely enough guy to get into any of the Euro squads? Absolutely. I think Iceland would love a Carlton Cole. Um, the, a, a good walk. Is it worth saying the Carlton Cole story that we just done? Huh. Is that for another day? Uh, maybe another day. What? I don't know another if we can. Day. We can't really confirm it, can we? <laughs> no, no. It was. It was a. It was a West Ham player that said it. But we'll leave that. That one's. That, that one's. And it belongs to the universe just now. That's another that's anecdote. It. Um, tune in. Tune in. Tune in next. Tune in next. That might be a good enough teaser. reason. <laughs> yeah, tune in. It's like the end of EastEnders now. <laughs> um, that's it. That's the Twitter questions. Oof. Good tweeting. Thank you as always for your um, for your tweets. Um, remember we'll be doing this again should be next week so please tweet in then but we'll send out a tweet to confirm that Um, guys it's been a pleasure thanks for having me no thank you for coming Uh, Louis uh, LMFC you'll know one who had me yes Uh, you don't want to add people you're just you're strange that way but Louis thank you very much for being with us thanks for having me in Chris's house yes Uh, Federico uh, first of all thanks for being here and also do you have any uh, Twitter, Facebook, general chat that you want to shout out? Uh, on on the Twitter, I can be got at Fede Calcio, which is F-E-D-E, and then Calcio is like the Italian word for football, C-A-L-C-I-O. Uh, and um, a lot of that talk, a lot of that talk is kind of cliche hipster European football chat, if anyone wants to get involved in that kind of um, sad pastime. Uh, and then I, on Facebook, uh, Federico Martoni is my name, and I also have a, a a European football group that I administrate through that but you can if you add me on Facebook first we do this vetting process because uh, we keep getting spammed by like Islamist literature and things like that so <laughs> I'm trying to avoid that it's, you know it's Italian football fandom is the way that uh, yeah the Islam, uh, well, Islamic the, terrorist organisations have changed that, the world that, that, they the infiltrate indoctrination yeah the Italian football fan sites and then that's that that's pretty much how Al Qaeda got started, what I hear. Uh, on sub forums for footballitalia.net and things, and then it all mushroomed from there. And then we went to Afghanistan. <laughs> if, if only there was a betting process. Um, thank you very much for your, your time. Yeah, this is the sort of thing I'd be doing uh, with my brother uh, on a Monday night anyway. So the fact that I get to come here uh, and record it to uh, basically. Not even, I wouldn't say entertain, but just uh, appear on the vague radar of other human beings. It's been great. Thanks for having me. Always welcome. I've been Chris Bowd, and uh, we will see you along a path. Bye.
Thank you. Au revoir. My lover's got no money, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no power, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no fame, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no money, he's got his strong beliefs. One more and more, people just want more and more freedom and love. What he's looking for, one more and more, people just want more and more freedom and love. What he's looking for